Hello friends, welcome to the ATC Double Cut. I am coming to you from the studio that I have set up in the maintenance facility of the Kea Golf Club where the KBC Augusta golf tournament is underway this week. This is the 50th KBC Augusta golf tournament. And I have just happened to catch the golf course superintendent, the head greenkeeper, and the assistant general manager, Andrew McDaniel, here in the maintenance facility at his office. So I'm going to readjust the studio. I'm going to move the mic to Andrew. We just have one microphone here. So I'm going to try to take turns talking and I'm going to ask questions and then let Andrew answer and we will see how this works. For those of you watching, you will be able to see what we're doing because I'm going to move the camera around also. Um, and if you hear a few bumps, that's the microphone microphone moving. Anyway, I'm going to introduce now Mr. Andrew McDaniel, the golf course superintendent at Kea Golf Club. Hey, Micah. Hello, Andrew. Let's get the camera on you. All right. Welcome to the show, Andrew. I'm very excited to be on the show. You've been on the ATC double cut before. <laughs> and this is funny because we have to talk into the same mic. Um, so it's tournament week. And I wanted to talk about some of the data that I collect and share with you. And I did a blog post yesterday. Have you seen it? Sorry, I've been busy. haven't had a chance to read it yet. Okay. Well, let me describe it to you. I described the firmness data that I measure with the Clegg. And specifically, I showed the charts that I share with you every day. And so I started by showing the one that is just the daily average in the morning mm -hmm. compared to the previous year mm -hmm. okay and that's something that you told me this morning you were waiting for it so it seems like that's something that you like to look at yeah i like to look at it and also our owner and gm and our course maintenance staff like to know and do you like to look at it in comparison to the previous year i do i like to see where we stand from the years before sure do but you know, when I'm out there collecting the data, I'm m making a lot of measurements. It's, it's not, but we somehow end up with just a single number. Yes, it's basically an average of what, the, of what you've taken out there, right? That's correct. So in, in the blog post, um, which, which I may show later after I'm done with this interview, um, I, I then showed a different chart that I never share with you and I don't really even look at myself. And that's every single Clegg measurement. So like on green number four, I've got nine measurements. On green number 11, I've got uh, nine measurements and so on. And I never share that with you. Yeah, because it would be difficult to, to really look at with all the dots all over the graph, I, I would imagine. Yes, and you couldn't do anything with it. Right. And then I showed the one that's hole by hole, and we just looked at that for green speed. And I showed you on my phone, right? The hole right. by hole one. But I've stopped sharing that with you also. Right. Why did I stop sharing it with you? Because I just want one single number to be able to tell to my owner and GM of what the green speeds are. Right. Or the firmness. Or the firmness, right. exactly. And then I showed the AM PM one, morning, afternoon. Right. And 
that one I share with you in the afternoon. Right, before we do our maintenance work, so we can just kind of tell what the speed has changed from the morning data to, to after play is finished. That's right. And so basically I'm just showing those two charts and I will show examples of those for, for anybody who's actually watching this. I will show those charts in the video in a little bit, but I have a recommendation. Just go to my website, whether you're listening or watching, I will put a direct link to this blog post about measuring the green data. And there will be a direct link to that in the show notes. Cool. Yeah. So Andrew, I've, I've shared some other things this week, like uh, a roller video. Can you tell me a little bit about that four ton roller oh, that went on the greens? That uh, roller, huh? We, that, that roller. When did it happen? Why? And what was the result? And what were you trying to accomplish? Well, this year we don't normally do a lot of verification to our greens, but this year we did a, uh, a very shallow core tine. And then behind that, well, we top dressed after that and then did a really deep uh, vertidrain time that was 12 millimeters uh, and about 17 centimeters deep, I believe. <clears throat> and as you would think, it really made the greens uh, soft. So I was a bit worried about going up to the tournament with soft greens. So uh, we contacted the local uh, asphalt uh, construction companies to see if we could borrow their four-ton roller and it was available so on our Mondays that were closed I got the roller out there and tried to firm them up a little bit it didn't really do so much to the surface but it did I think compact uh, below the the soil that we had disturbed with that 17 centimeters uh, time is it surprising that a, that a roller of that weight well, we, yeah, we thought about that, but it's so wide, so I guess the the weight per square inch is, is not as much as you think it would be. Uh, but yeah, I, I, was, I thought it was going to firm up a lot more, but we did that, um, gosh, that was probably five weeks before the tournament week, and then the week after that, so we did it twice. Uh, so the last time was four weeks ago. Nice. I, I was glad that you did that, and I'm glad it didn't make the greens too firm. And I, I also have shared a video about crunchy greens. I've shared like three videos of that this week, and I thought maybe I should just do a podcast about how crunchy zoysia greens are and re play a bunch of audio tracks. If anybody hasn't seen that yet, check out some of my YouTube videos and check out my Twitter account uh, to see a video that I posted. I guess I'll, uh, because people seem to be interested in this, I suppose I will share some more about it. But can you tell me when you first noticed that the greens are crunchy and uh, why you think that is and if you've noticed that on other grasses? Well, I noticed it the first time I stepped on them. <laughs> that they were crunchy. <laughs> but it, it's... You don't just hear it. Yeah, you can feel it under your feet yeah, when you walk, and it's 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 pretty typical with Cori greens, right? I mean, if the if the Cori gets long, maybe what f over six millimeters or so, you might not hear it so much. But when you cut it down really short, yeah, you can really hear and feel the crunch when you walk across it. But yeah, I've never uh, 
experience that same crunchiness with bent grass or Bermuda grass greens. Yeah. What causes it? It's got to be the the very stiff leaf blade that you're walking on. It's just in. I reckon. It's like a it's like the the hard side of a velcro uh, strip or something. Yeah. So that that that's what makes it challenging to get the green. Oh, absolutely. You're right. Because there's so much resistance. To the ball. Right. The leaf blades really affect the ball, so that's why you have to cut them down so short to try to get. I've heard zoysia greens don't have grain. But you oh. Know, you've been managing zoysia greens for 11 years. What's your take on that? Definitely, they have grain, and it's it's pretty obvious when you put the ball because sometimes the balls will actually roll, roll sideways um, especially when they tail off at the end they'll really do some crazy things I've yeah I've seen a ball come back backwards and it's not because it was coming back downhill or anything <laughs> all right Andrew well thank you I know you're very busy you are uh, planning for the afternoon work and this is the first round. Just checking the scores as well. Uh, right now the leader is seven under. Ooh, that's a nice round. Yep, a lot of six unders. Um, I imagine seven under will be the top score today, which is pretty typical for the first day. Good, I, w I was predicting the low score would be 64 today or eight under, yep. and they've gotten to seven. You predicted 66, so it looks like if you take our the average, <laughs> which is the number that really matters, you right. said earlier, <laughs> it looks like we're both right. Yep. <laughs> so maybe that's a, a good place for us to close, okay. and I'll go talk about that data a little bit more and let you get back to work. Okay, thanks, Mike. It was nice talking to you. All right, thanks, Andrew. All right, everybody, I'm going to move the microphone again. You know, we could have just had Andrew sit next to me and we could have done it, but uh, I thought it would be fun to move over and show Andrew's desk and his uh, water cooler with the Talking Greenkeeper logo, which maybe, yeah, maybe you can see that on my, my studio here also. So, uh, we should be back, and we should be now having me talking into the microphone. You can infer what some of the questions would have been. Uh, when I was asking them away from the microphone, you can infer what the questions would have been uh, based on Andrew's answers. All right. Uh, I want to show now... Uh, the blog post that I was talking about. I'll show those charts. I'll talk about it a little bit. And if you're listening to this uh, as a podcast, I will just explain these numbers a little bit and uh, also explain the numbers that we actually measured for firmness uh, in in relation to or, or or just remembering that the Greens got a four-ton roller on them twice um, about a month prior to these measurements being taken. The specific blog post that uh, I put up that I'm talking about giving the ATC double cut in this episode 
has a title of Putting Green Data from Measurement to Summary. And I started off by saying one of the measurements I routinely make on putting greens is the surface hardness or firmness as measured by the SDI golf course firmness tester. This is a Clegg device that's measured, that's manufactured by SDI. It is specifically designed for golf course firmness testing. It has a 500 gram uh, missile or bullet that drops through a tube. That, uh, that's a little bit more than a pound. 454 grams make one pound, and this is 500 grams. And it has a domed head. Uh, the domed head is the same diameter and the same curvature as a golf ball. So it's like dropping a 500 gram golf ball onto the surface. And then uh, when it impacts the surface, the missile stops. And if it would never stop, it would never take a reading. So the lowest you would get would be zero. And it's measuring the maximum force of deceleration uh, as it stops and then multiplying it by 10. So it's measuring that in gravities, multiplying it by 10. And we have average values in the morning for putting green firmness uh, this week. They were 94 on Monday, 95 on Tuesday, 98 on Wednesday. So that's a little bit above average, not for this facility, but it's a little bit above average uh, for what I've measured on regular golf course putting greens. Uh, the average of all the courses I've measured around the world is 87. So this is about 10% uh, about more, 10% uh, firmer than the average golf course. And so with this chart, I put Monday to Sunday across the horizontal x-axis, and then I'm just showing or highlighting a single number, which is on starting at the left on Monday, I, I show the number of 94, and then on Tuesday, I show the number, and on Wednesday, I show the number, and I leave the rest of the week blank and then just fill it in um, with the week's measurements. Although in the background in a light gray, I'm showing last year's data from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, um, this, this is the chart that I think is most useful to share with the owner, share with the general manager, share with the maintenance staff, and just say, here's the average results of the work. Here's how it compared to last year. So I'm just showing the green firmness data as, uh, as an example, but I make this type of chart for green speed, for the bobble test, for uh, soil water content also. And I included a video in the blog post. I included a video that shows how I measure putting green firmness. I encourage you to watch that. There's a link to it in the blog post. And the video is in the YouTube Shorts format. The YouTube Shorts format means that the video will be in a vertical orientation and it will be less than one minute in duration. So because the video is is limited to be a maximum of 60 seconds uh, you can uh, the way that I have to edit those is 
uh, trying to put as much information into a short amount of time as possible. So this one shows in 60 seconds how I measure an entire green uh, for putting green firmness. So you can see that and you can see the domed head that I mentioned on the SDI Clegg golf course firmness tester. And then as I talked with Andrew earlier in this episode, I said, uh, if I showed every single drop that I make, I would end up making a chart that I don't actually show with Andrew um, because that chart has the same days going across, but it has measurements that are now spread out a whole bunch of different points on the graph. And it's not something that you can really use to make a decision about. And it's not so useful in terms of conveying information. And then I make another chart that I only share with Andrew in special uh, cases in, in, in a case where he would need to see this. And that is summarizing each of those individual measurements and um, fixing it hole by hole. So I show the, the average green by green that I've measured. And so now there's still some spread because some greens are firmer, some greens are a little bit softer, some greens are in the middle in terms of how firm or soft they are. And I will then average these to get the daily averages. But this one also, you, can, uh, you can't get so much information out of that because you see each individual green scattered around the plot. But Andrew asked me earlier today about green speed. He said, is green 15 uh, getting slower than the other ones or is the speed affected in relation to the other ones and uh, I, I checked this particular chart for the green speed data and we found no it's it's not trending differently than the other greens but the the chart that shows all of these scatter scattered points and the one that summarizes all those scattered points and makes the um it takes those scattered points and calculates it as an average hole by hole. What I can do with these is look for outliers and check the variance or check the, uh, the range of the data, check how much the data is varying from green to green across the property. And I can then identify if I'm collecting enough data to really assess the, um, if I'm really assessing the firmness uh, enough by just checking these three core greens and then checking some other greens at random. Um, so this is kind of like a research project for the reason that I'm doing it this way, but I, I'm really interested in checking the variability and making sure that the measurements that I am making are able to express the... Um, express the firmness level across the entire property so that when we report the average that it actually is a accurate average and then there's an afternoon chart that i share i don't really care so much i, I used to make measurements sometimes before the morning work and then i would check um okay here's here's the greens first thing in the morning before a mow then here's the greens uh, before a roll and then here's here's what the time series is from before the mow to before to 
to after the first mow, after the second mow, after the roll. And I would, I would do that kind of sequence. But I, I've stopped doing that because I realized we weren't really doing anything with that information. With the information we were collecting from those types of measurements, we weren't really doing anything with that. And I realized it doesn't really matter. What matters is what is the condition that the greens are getting played on? So I also, there's another bit of data that I used to collect years ago, and then I realized it's really pointless. And it was interesting sometimes because the greens would get mowed again in the afternoon, rolled again in the afternoon after play. And it would be interesting to get like really fast green speeds and, and really firm surfaces by measuring the green speed and the green firmness after the afternoon work. But nobody's ever going to play golf on those surfaces. And then they're going to sit overnight. They're going to get more work in the morning and then golfers will play on them. So I realized it doesn't really matter to take the measurements unless the greens are prepared for play. So what I do now is I take measurements after the morning work, but before the first golfers play. So that tells us these are the conditions at the start of play. Then I take an additional set of measurements after the last golfer has, has uh, finished playing, but before the afternoon work has been done. So now we know the conditions at the end of play. So I can bracket the morning and the afternoon times with measurements and say at the start of play the conditions were this at the end of play the conditions were this and it's not uh it's not uh confounded by work that's been done or work that hasn't been done it's just like these are the conditions on which golfers were playing so uh, that's, what, that's what this chart is that shows the morning and the afternoon measurements. It's basically start of play and end of play measurements. And this can be useful to look at real quick in the afternoon and then decide, um, especially looking at some of the soil, soil moisture measurements, looking at some of the green firmness measurements. One can make decisions about what type of irrigation to schedule overnight, or perhaps if possible, uh, make some adjustments to the work that will be done the next morning. So basically with the amount of staff and equipment and time that is available at this golf tournament, at this golf course for this golf tournament, uh, there aren't a lot of changes that can be made other than making changes with irrigation. But uh, if you have a lot of staff and a lot of machines and a lot of people to operate those machines, it would be possible to look at the afternoon measurements and then make decisions about, okay, here's, here's the work that we're going to change right now, or here's the extra work that we're going to add tomorrow morning, or the work that we're going to take away tomorrow morning to try to adjust the, the playability conditions uh, just a little bit. So that is something that I really have fun with. And I do, last year I did, did this at the Catalonia Championship in um, at, at what's now called the Camiral Golf Club or, or Camiral Resort near Barcelona. It's in Girona, Spain. And um, I, I, I do 
this at the KBC Augusta tournament, and I make some set of measurements like this um, in in various research projects when I go around and collect data on golf courses, but uh, I'm not doing like the morning before play sequencing all through the week. I just do like a single snapshot of these type of measurements and make some slightly different comparisons. So that is that is about all that I wanted to share right now in this quick ATC double cut from the maintenance facility at the Kea Golf Club in Fukuoka, Japan. I did want to remind you, uh, I have been sharing information and I've been sharing it a little bit in charts. Uh, I've shared some of the data collected this week and I've made a number of videos that I've put on my YouTube page. Many of those are in the shorts format. So th that is the format where the video is um, 60 seconds or less. So if you don't want to spend much time, but you won't, if you're intrigued and you have a couple minutes, flip through on the ATC YouTube channel in the shorts section, and you will be able to see some of the um, some of the maintenance work that is done here at the KBC Augusta tournament. And this is just the first round. Still got a few more days to go, and I expect that I will capture a few more interesting images or videos or there will be some interesting things with the data that I can share and uh, some of that may go on my YouTube channel and some of that may go on Twitter and some of it I may blog about although there's so much uh, so much stuff uh, it's easy just to kind of toss it on Twitter and let uh, let it go out there and and one of the things that I did put on Twitter that I was surprised because I, I've been sharing videos. <laughs> you know how you can never really tell when, uh, when people will pay attention to something and you can never really tell uh, if a particular podcast episode is one that a lot of people will listen to or not many people will listen to. Same thing with, with videos or blog posts or whatever. Joe Galati and I have, have <laughs> kind of a, a, uh, an open or, or a, a, I've got a standing invitation for Joe Galati to be a guest on the ATC Double Cut whenever we talk about blog posts that bomb because we have a fun time talking about the blog posts that nobody reads. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm an expert at producing written content or video content or audio content or tweets that don't get a lot of attention. But every now and then, stuff does get some attention. And the one that I was surprised that got so much attention was a video I put on Twitter yesterday. And that was one that I shot on the 13th green here at Kea Golf Club. And I held my camera, uh, the same camera that's shooting this right now. So I, I can't demonstrate. Um, but uh, maybe, maybe I will demonstrate that sometime how I record the crunching sound. And it I, I guess if you haven't, if you haven't uh, played golf on Korai Greens, and and I guess if you don't live in Asia, you probably haven't. And I know there are a few Zoysia Greens now in the United States. I would be really interested if somebody can show me if those greens do or do not make that crunching sound, or if somebody can show me if 
Bermuda grass or bank grass or poa annua or fine fescue greens can also make a crunching sound underfoot. Um, but based on the response to the video I posted yesterday about the crunching sound, uh, it seems people find that surprising. Uh, so, so I suppose that perhaps those other grasses don't make such a crunching sound. So it's got me curious uh, because I've spent a lot of time on these greens and then I, I sort of wonder, hmm, if I, I'm going to go see some bent grass greens next week and I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I may see some Ultradorf Bermuda grass greens next week too. So if I remember to, I'm going to try to take that same type of video, the same camera settings, the same audio settings on the camera and just try to capture the sound of walking across a zoysia green, walking across a Bermuda grass green, and walking across a bent grass green to see how it sounds. Because uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. And the stiffness of the leaf blades that causes that crunching noise, that is, uh, that crunching noise is something that you you need to do a lot of maintenance work in order to make the ball roll really smooth to make sure that the mower blades can cut properly on on such a stiff leaf blade and especially to get the green speed you have to do extra work compared to um, when you're putting or, or when you're maintaining greens that have a softer leaf blade so when you have a softer leaf blade there's less uh, friction or less resistance to roll as the ball is rolling across it and the ball just rolls out a little bit more which is why in all the data uh, that I collect the average green speed on zoysia is slower than it is on Bermuda grass which is generally grown in a similar climate um, the average speed on zoysia is about one foot slower. So that doesn't mean you can't get fast greens with zoysia. It just means that given the same maintenance, on average, zoysia will be about one foot slower on green speed than it is with Bermuda grass. So in order to get a faster green speed with zoysia, you have to do more work than you would on Bermuda grass. Okay, well, speaking of work, it is... Uh, Andrew was showing us how he was checking the scores and I want to check the scores and then check when the last groups are going to be making the turn and then I'm going to get my tools ready and go take some afternoon measurements after the first round. Um, so I will go and do that as soon as I get this episode uh, checked and uploaded real quick. So anyway, thanks everyone for listening and for watching. And I hope you find this interesting. Some of the, uh, the different grasses that I suppose everybody doesn't have to deal with or doesn't get to deal with. But I like to share some of the things that I get to see uh, with turf grass maintenance and with different grasses all around the world. So thank you. And I will sign off now for ATC from Fukuoka, Japan. I am Michael Woods.